Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hey guys, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly dose of news from the monarchy. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review, please. Please. (laughs) This week we are talking about the royal expert grifter. My favorite person now. I couldn't be more excited about that. <laughs> um, some other kind of grifter people, which would be Meghan Markle's two exes, are up to what? no good. And we have a little Kate Middleton fashion revelation. A little switcheroo. A little switcheroo, which is, it's so rare from her, so I'm quite excited. I know, she never surprises us. No, she really doesn't, especially now that Meghan's on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and our royal refreshment this week. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail is a martini this is my first time ever making a martini i googled easy martini recipe so (laughs) you're in for a treat caitlin okay cheers cheers this tumbler is beautiful god i'm afraid Mm. oh that is gross (laughs) i'm gonna drink it all though because there's olives in here and i ate a low calorie salad for lunch so i'm starving god i hate olives there's a weird film floating on the top of it you know what's funny? You hate olives. I, hate I love olives. olives. You hate Meghan Markle's wedding dress. <laughs> I love Meghan Markle's wedding dress. Well, you know, um, How I Met Your Mother theorized that in every couple, one person has to love olives and one person has to hate olives. So that's that tracks for us. Um, I'll I'm suffer- so happy for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll suffer through, though, for the, for the good of the pod. Um, and this week in royal history, I'm really excited to dive into this one. And now... This week in royal history. This week is the 65th anniversary of the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. Yay! Yay, our own queen, our beloved little grump monster, as she now seems, <laughs> but I, she was not always. I love all the pictures of her looking grumpy. They're yes. just so amazing because she's always wearing the most colorful outfits yes. with like this little scowl on her face and I just love her so much because I think I also have a scowl on my face at all (laughs) times as I am a New Yorker and that is how we roll. I just think she's earned it. She's had a very long life. People are always just giving her crap to deal with. She's allowed to be a little grumpy. She's allowed to surround herself with dogs. I totally get it. Um, And I totally love her. I love her too. I did some studying up uh, before today about her coronation, and there are some fun facts I would like to share. Um, First of all, she was coronated on June 2nd, 1953. Um, She became the queen, though, over a year before that when her father died, which was February 1952. She took a while to get coronated because she was mourning, which I think, I mean, I don't know how how much precedent there was for that, but I think it's like it was a good little start for her to make a statement of she didn't go outside for three months and 
That's she was so crazy. yeah she was really dealing with the loss of her father um she was only 27 at the time and so a year a year and a third later that summer she was coronated and here are some fun facts that i would love for you to break out at your next party i don't know what kind of parties you go to but hopefully they're the kind where you're sharing fun facts about Queen Elizabeth. While drinking martinis. I'm kind of into this <laughs> martini. Maybe I'm a martini drinker. I think that the more, I mean, I think the queen really likes them because she likes all, she really likes all booze, to be fair. And she likes it straight up. Same. No messing around. So I think she would like this. Um, but the, to sum up that attitude of hers, <laughs> when she didn't choose a new royal name, you know, often, and what makes it so difficult to study up on the royals as we have and we try to is they usually choose a new name when they become the monarch when they become king and queen so that's why you had her father Bertie albert became um edward right edward no he became king george the sixth when he was coronated she chose not to change her name and her quote was her <laughs> soundbite in 1953 was what name will i be choosing my own of course what else what a mic drop. But didn't she add the middle name Regina? I think I think that's a royal title. Like oh. you know, like Regina, like royal. See, Caitlin's done actual research into this. <laughs> I've just watched The Crown, so I'm like, Caitlin, actually, I saw this one thing. Yes. So, I mean, what you would have seen from The Crown is that, of course, it came in 1953. So it was following years upon years, like 20 straight years of war hardship for the British people. And so this was finally a moment of taking a breath, having a moment of celebration. And so she sort of ushered in new, happier times. Not that everything went smoothly in the 50s or 60s. Or 70s or 80s or 90s or now, but um, it, that's what it sort of symbolized at the time. And so there are some aspects of uh, the coronation that I think are fun. One of them is that she, so she, much like this, reminded me of Meghan Markle's um, veil. So, of course, Meghan had all 53 countries of the Commonwealth, a flower from each of them stitched into her veil. Similarly, at the ceremony at Westminster Abbey, which is where every coronation has happened for the last thousand years, um, Elizabeth's her procession looked like what I imagine. I didn't watch the video, but I it sounds like what I would imagine was an Olympics parade. You know, at the the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. Yes. So when Elizabeth processed, she was followed by people from the the commonwealth but all dressed in their traditional garb so there were malaysians with green sarongs there were pakistanis in headdresses canadian mounties hey. <laughs> um, new zealanders and australians in wide brim hats is what this article says which i enjoy because that's all the australians get it's just they wore their australian things <laughs> they, they dress like crocodile dundee <laughs> like i just i, I really enjoy that con that image and it was listened to by hundreds of millions around the world on the radio um, and you know a thousand people attended and many tens of thousands more watched from London and it was raining that day and they all hung in to watch um, 65 years ago this week this write-up about the coronation mentions that she's traveled more extensively than any other British monarch she's seen the most of the Commonwealth but she's older than airplanes so <laughs> That's not, it is impressive. And she keeps traveling, even though she's so old. My beloved grandmother just turned 90 last month. And a couple years ago, we were at some family function out of state. And she was like, you know what? I'm done traveling. 
just like announced it. Oh wow! <laughs> so the family, I'm not getting on an airplane ever again. That was it. Hmm. And you know what? That's true. That's correct. Well, today I found out that you need to wear sunscreen on an airplane because the UV rays are stronger up there. So I, I no that. longer want to go on airplanes. I have read that. I'm very concerned for my skin. Yes. And I think the queen would know that because she spends a lot of time on airplanes and she has lovely skin. She to really this does. Day. Like she's quite old, but she looks very great. She looks great. And nothing makes her look even livelier like a neon green suit. Yes. And okay, I did say that she looks quite grumpy often, but. Mm-hmm. Last week or the week before, I still don't really have a solid grasp on time since the uh, royal wedding, but she was at that horse event and she looked so happy. She was so joyful. So as soon as she's around an animal or yeah, or like Meghan Markle's dog, she's so happy. Yeah. I want the image seared into my brain. What might be my next phone background is her driving to Windsor to the royal wedding. She has all of her people, all of her family members all of Prince George and Princess Charlotte that she could have ridden the hour-long drive with. No, she chose Meghan Markle's dog. Just her and the dog, and maybe this podcast to keep her company. (laughs) So I just love her so much. So God save the queen. Long may she reign, 65 years and counting. God bless her. And if anyone's wondering, my phone background is Meghan Markle at a gifting suite (laughs) in Hollywood holding up some mascara that she got for free. (laughs) I love that picture so much. So we've been celebrating the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, but we also have something else to celebrate, which was last week was arguably grifter week. Uh, What a great week on the media. It's so hard um, because everything is so grim all the time and obviously plenty of terrible things happen, but it was a fun time to be on Twitter for once, not because of any sort of like Trump thing, but because... New York Magazine published the most spectacular scammer story. It's truly amazing. Yes. It's about a socialite named Anna Delvey. We're not going to get into too much detail here because this is a royal podcast. Yeah, it's, t- it's tough, though. But everybody should look her up. She's this, She was supposedly this German heiress living in New York. I think she's only like 25, 25 27. Yeah. She's quite young, and she was just scamming everyone out of money, and it's... Yeah truly remarkable so that brings us to somebody who was in the mix as a scammer is our new patron saint of uh royally obsessed yes his name supposedly (laughs) is thomas j that's j with a period yes so thomas j mace archer mills esquire so that's mace hyphen archer hyphen mills comma esquire yeah quite a title incredibly long name that could only be a real name of a british person yes or so you think so he was selling himself the last couple of years as a british royal expert so he was booked a bunch in the last year alone but he has been in the past he's been appeared on bbc and all these different you know giving royal commentary to different tv stations but of course given the high demand for Royals commenters, uh, commentators, as Lisa and I know, because we did multiple television spots ourselves. Um, mostly overseas. Mostly overseas in the Philippines and the Middle East. Um, Australia. Yeah. Um, there was a big outcry for, there was a need for royal commentators. So Thomas J. Mace Archer Mills Esquire was one of them, and he was doing a bunch of interviews. And then somebody, the Wall Street Journal, dug into him bless this bless that journalist because they found that his actual name is Tommy Muscatello that's my pronunciation (laughs) that I told Lisa I would save as someone from New Jersey Tommy Muscatello who's from Albany New York born here 
and slowly began to sell himself as a British human, first of all, and a British royals expert. Now, this is a level of royal expertise nonsense that we would never have even accomplished. I mean, Lisa and I are royals enthusiasts. We are royals devotees. But I would never call myself a historian nor uh, British. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself I British. I would say I'm British, but I have <laughs> seen all of the Bridget Jones movies. <laughs> like, that's the thing. So I saw this headline a couple days ago and I thought, good for him. That's funny. <laughs> I love scammers. I love myself a scammer. But the details of the story are so much better than that. And so we're going to explore a couple of them with you because it's so much more than he just went on TV a couple of times and made up a British accent and talked about Meghan Markle because we too have done things like that. But this guy went to the next level. So to start with, he was obsessed with the Brits since he was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And the Wall Street Journal interviewed his poor father, who said that, yes, he started doing a British accent when he was a kid. And because of Oliver. Because, yes. (laughs) And I think we're all guilty of saying, please, sir, can I have some more? (laughs) I think I say it to my boyfriend whenever I'm hungry for a second. Yeah, like this is what he did. But then he kept going as he got older. He spent some time in the UK, whatever. He went to school in Myrtle Beach. Oh, my God. So this was the part that, I mean, again, there are so many parts, as you will hear, (laughs) that I adored. But again, as someone from New Jersey, he went to coastal Carolina. Now, I don't know how significant this is to you, Lisa, being from Canada, but I grew up on the Jersey Shore, and coastal Carolina is where, like, this if I may, the scumbaggy surfer bros from my high school all applied. It was the dream school because A, it's Myrtle Beach, which is spring break central, or at least it was in like the 90s and early aughts. And it's like a D-level school mm-hmm. where you can go surf nonstop. So of course he went to Jersey Shore South University. That I love also. Caitlin, I think you forgot I'm also from South Carolina. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, would you disagree with I my mean, characterization? It's like an in-state school, so I don't know, just in-state tuition. I feel like just all in-state beachy. schools are similar in South Carolina. But, yeah. yeah, like the northerners that go there, they just want to be in the beach. Just like yeah. the northerners that went to the school I went to in Charleston, they just want yeah. to be at the beach. And like, yeah. So, yeah, he, he went to freaking coastal Carolina. Yes. And <laughs> he just couldn't be more East Coast is what we're saying. Yes. And then he went over to England. He tried, yes. And, well, while he, I think it was while he was still a student, he met these old British people. Yes. So (laughs) at some point he says this to the journalist, which I cannot believe he said with a straight, seemingly British face. But he said he had a growing realization that he identified more as British than American, like a Rachel Dolezal of the UK, which is incredible to me. Yeah, I know. It's like... He was born American, but he feels like he should have been born British. Me too. And his last name is Moscatello. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what his mother's maiden name was, but I don't feel like he's British. No, sir. You are Italian-American. So he, yeah, so he started to identify as British. He flew a, a Union Jack outside his house. He favors bow ties and tweed He's, newsboy caps. He started a group called the British Monarchist Society. I mean, my God. And so in the midst of that, he slowly started to get booked on TV shows and things where he would give British commentary, sometimes on you know in a video for The Economist and then sometimes on things like Comedy Central's um, 
Jim Jeffrey show. So the journalist reached back out to those places to get them to comment on the fact that they hired a scam artist. And so a lot of them refused to comment, like the BBC and The Economist, probably because they're embarrassed. Um, But the Jim Jeffries show said, if we had any journalistic standards, we imagine we'd be quite upset by this news. (laughs) So that's really funny to me. Yeah. So I love this story. But given that it did come out during what everybody is referring to on Twitter as Grifter Week. Yes. um, At least he didn't steal from anybody. He just kind of lied about his identity and pretended to be British and... You know, I mean, I like whipping out a good British accent. I obviously yeah. cannot pronounce British words, so I'm sure my yeah. accent is offensive. And he would have had to practice because if he's speaking on the BBC, you know, like that's yeah. it's one thing when I do a British accent like drunk in front of my friends <laughs> or like my roommate. Until recently, I had a roommate who was British um, who just moved out, and like I would, she would mock my American accent to me, and I would return the favor, but I couldn't do it for real in front of a British person and try to pull it off like that's some balls yeah I don't know my other favorite like just I'll I'll stop I'm it's really hard for me to like pull it in when it comes to a a scammer story but this article also mentions that he was hired by the Serbian royal family as a consultant about British issues (laughs) Sorry, I just took a sip of my martini and then <laughs> tried to laugh, and then it tasted uh, so bad. She almost <laughs> spit vermouth into the very expensive microphone. No, this Serbian royal family hired him to ask for, quote, assistance in organizing the Serbian royal wedding. What the actual? I got to say, I am available for any Serbian <laughs> royal wedding consultation, so... Please get Seriously. in touch. He spoke at a he spoke with a, a member of the Qatar royal family at a Qatari conference. Like this is next level. It's international. It's amazing. And again, I am available for all consultations. I won't even pretend to be British. I will just use my weird Canadian American <laughs> accent, and that's great. But I feel like we need to go back into the actual royals oh, fine, and I stop suppose. focusing on the scammers. Although it's so hard. I guess our segue is that these dudes are kind of grifters. Oh, and a, yes. The Meghan Markle not exes. Real, yeah, not a real grifter, but like, ugh. This is perfect in our, our ongoing series of the exes of the royal family because last week we talked about Chelsea and Cressida, and this week we have... So I knew Trevor Engelson because he tried to greenlight a TV show about what it what happens when your ex becomes a princess. Because he used to be married to Meghan Markle. Yeah, like the thirsty monster that he is. He tried to, he's a producer and writer, um, and he tried to sell a TV show basically inspired by his own life. He also went on a date with Bethany Frankel, which she revealed recently. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I love Bethany, but she's thirsty too. Yeah, but I feel like Trevor, okay, sorry. Sorry to Trevor, who's obviously listening, because I'm sure he doesn't have much else going on right now. Um, Trevor is a (laughs) D-I-C-K. I do not like this guy. See, that's the most British you've ever been, is spelling out a naughty word. <laughs> I said it while looking at our producer, because I'm like, can I say this? Are you going to bleep me like you bleeped the Prince Charles thing with I'm Mariah? blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> that's so cute. I just don't like him. I think it is incredibly tacky to profit off of your ex-wife's newfound fame. And it's not like she's famous for something sordid. She's not a reality star. She no. just fell in love with the prince, and now she can devote her life to humanitarian work and also, not for nothing, and... he could have just, we know his name now. He has SEO value, as we would say in the digital media world. So, like, he doesn't need to go extra with his, yeah. like, pitches. Like, if he, 
people know him now. So like if I, I'm not, thank God, but if I were some sort of Hollywood producer and I was meeting with him, I'd be like, oh, right, that's Meghan Markle's ex. Like he doesn't need to keep reminding you all the time because it suggests that it's the only thing he has to offer. Yeah. Like just truly capitalize in a real way off of the fact that people actually know who you are. Now you don't have to go the extra like level and be kind of a douche about it. So Trevor's show, he apparently agreed to like put on the back burner for now i don't know if it's because people realized it would make him look bad and make whoever produces it look bad yeah. or if i read some pl- places saying that megan had reached out to him and he did it as a favor which Please. i assume he is spinning Please. that way but to show just how not petty he is he proposed to his girlfriend two <laughs> weeks after megan's wedding yes so that's why we're discussing him today the show is dead thank god but um he proposed to his nutritionist girlfriend, Tracy Curlin, in Napa Valley last week, according to the Daily Mail. Um, and he has a private Instagram, but he posted a picture of, you know, her hand with the ring and said, luck, his caption to himself was, luckiest guy I know, get ready to party. Ew. Yeah, I think I know a guy who's luckier. Prince <laughs> well, Harry. Exactly. So Trevor and Megan. He doesn't know her. Yeah, Trevor I mean, and Megan got married in September of 2011, and they separated in the summer of 2013. So not even two years. Um, and then they were officially divorced a year later, the summer of 2014. And so, of course, then she met Harry in the summer of 2016. And in between that time, she dated a very attractive Canadian chef named Corey Vitiello. Vitiello. I need your New Jersey-ness. I know. I was saying this is really the day of the um, Italian-American grifter people. And so, okay, I know we're saying grifter exes because we're always like, exes. I really like Corey. Do we like Corey? This is good to know. Okay, so the thing about Trevor is he was so quick to sell out Megan. Like, he does not give an... Not going to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) But Corey is a nice guy. And so people were trying to track him down like nonstop and finally someone from the Daily Mail I think that I think the person just like showed up at his restaurant like repeatedly and finally Corey kind of was just like you know what I'm not going to say anything bad and what he said to the reporter was I'm pleased for Megan she's a great girl there's no bitterness I respect people's private and personal lives and although she has put herself in the public spectrum I still hold to that oh I like that yeah and also his parents who of course were approached by the tabloids because that is what happens they only said lovely things about Megan as well. Like, That's there's good. been nothing bad coming from this family and this man. And I don't know if it's the Canadianness because they're just <laughs> arguably the <laughs> nicest people in the world. You would. Or if he's just like a good person. But so anyway. Are you saying that Corey Vidiello is the only good human being anywhere near Meghan Markle's personal life other than her mother, Doria? Yes. Also, have you seen him? He's really attractive. Yeah, he's really hot. Like a hot dude that can cook. Excuse me. I know. I'm Canadian, like a polite Canadian. Like, hello. I'm. I'm. Yes, I have. Sorry, neither of us are single, but we're also like. No, I have. No, my boyfriend's a hot chef, so that's why I'm. <laughs> that's why it's okay oh, yeah. for me to say that another chef is attractive. It's the facts. Um, it's what I'm into. So but he's it's fine. in the news. Um, because I guess people are like, oh wow, Trevor's engaged. What's Corey up to? Oh, he's just expecting a child with his yes. girlfriend, who is the singer for Dragonette. She's this very cool rocker, Canadian girl. And so I what think- What a cool couple. I know. Like, a chef and a rocker? Like, dang. Yeah, that- be part of that? I yeah. Mean, sorry, you guys. 
<laughs> I had like half that. of a martini. Not like that. Just we want we just want to hang out with them. Yeah, I just want to be their friend. Yeah. So no, okay. So that's actually really good to know. I can cross one nemesis off my list because the list is long. So Grifter Trevor. <laughs> Perfect angel who I follow on Instagram who accepted my follow request even though he's private. Corey. Oh, he's private too? Yeah. He just went private recently because I used to look at him regularly and then he went private. And so then I requested and I was like, he'll never accept because Princess Beatrice is still not accepted. (laughs) I was going to say, no one is more dedicated to finding the royals on social media than you are. And I really admire that in my in a co-host of mine. Um, I think that's a lovely little story. So, okay, that's I hate carrying hatred in my heart. I don't like that. It's too much. I just want to kick Trevor, but like not physically because I don't want to get arrested, but like urge want to kick you <laughs> he's not even that cute like stop yeah like just, get over I, yourself dude you're so lucky that you got to spend time with her just like of course he proposed to a nutritionist in napa does does that sound like roast chicken in a cottage and i saw or i read that on the instagram oh i think i read it on cosmo actually hmm. on the instagram where they announced it it was like her hand was on his shoulder Ugh. with the ring showing like, in a really obvious way I hate those. Yeah. Well, let's focus on this other coupling that's happening. Yes, please. Meghan Markle and the Queen. They're going on a road trip. I think it's so cute. Oh, my God. If that were a reality TV show, oh, what a dream. Or even just like a buddy comedy. Yeah. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe Life- Lifetime did a wonderful job with the Harry and Meghan story. If they would like to recreate the Meghan Markle and Queen Elizabeth road trip, I'm available for a spec script. I'm not, I've never done any sort of screenwriting before, but I think I could fanfic it out of the kindness of my heart. What if this is the sequel to On the Road? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the new Kerouac. <laughs> or like E2 Mama Champion. Just like what other weird road trip stories can this be like? But I heard that um, with Kate, it took her like over a year to do mm-hmm. a solo event with the queen after her marriage. And so the fact that... Megan is being embraced this early on and being thrust into this role. That's kind of remarkable. But I do yeah. think like the difference between Kate and Megan is like Megan is first of all older and yeah. secondly she's an actress and humanitarian so she's been in the public sphere yeah. for a really long time and is very familiar with um talking to people and very comfortable with public speaking whereas Kate had to ease her way into it. So it's probably not completely fair to compare the two, but yeah, it still is. A big I mean, deal. it's never. I never doubt that Megan can handle it. I'm just. I am. I'm surprised and happy about the symbolism of it. That like yeah. these two gals are like, it's okay. You guys can stay home. Just the two of us have got this one. So the event themselves. The event itself is that they're going to Chester, which is 165 miles north of London. And they're going to unveil a new bridge. <laughs> it just kills me. They're going to unveil a bridge and open a theater and then go to lunch at Chester's Town Hall. So I just love like, okay, Megan, welcome to your life. This is what you do. You bang champagne bottles against yachts and you unveil a bridge. You pull a sheet down and go, yay, bridge. And then everyone claps politely. So at the event that um, Kate went to with the Queen, I remember they were both sitting, you know, doing the Duchess slant, yes. which we learned from Micah. Yes, we did. But um, so Kate is a lot taller than Megan, but Megan is still pretty tall and has been wearing very high heels. Is she going to have to like kind of wear shorter heels when she's with the Queen? Because if they're oh, at perhaps. a bridge unveiling, I can't imagine they're going to be sitting like they're going to no, have to walk. And that's true. Will there be some kitten heels? 
Oh, I love that. I mean, I don't love a kitten heel, actually. But um, I think if you can walk in high heels, which I cannot, then you should and you owe it to us because they make your legs look awesome. But I am excited. I'm just excited to see all the logistics. And that's not a far off event that's coming up on June 14th. So just when you thought that there was nothing left to look forward to. I know. It's like this podcast is going to last forever because our loyal listeners are going to keep downloading it, aren't you? Aren't you? (laughs) And no. And so that's coming up and I'm I'm really excited. And so there's a couple of events that day, like a couple little stages of their day in Chester. And so that's where the road trip concept comes from um, is that they'll be driving all the way up there and then they'll be driving from event to event, maybe with different outfits. And I was wondering maybe a dog. Oh my God! The dog Lisa, will definitely be in the car. Don't get me too excited. So I just it's it's going to be a fun little day, and of course, you know, we will discuss this a bunch next week. But so that's June fourteenth. But we also have Trooping the Color coming up on June 9th, which is my favorite event of the entire year. But we were just wondering. We don't know if Megan and Harry will be there because they're supposedly on their honeymoon, but no one really knows like what exactly is happening because they're trying not to reveal actual information about it you're upsetting me so we don't know if we're going to see megan but we're definitely going to see kate we've seen her so many times and also what really surprised me recently was the fact that we all thought that she wore this like she did a repeat outfit for the royal wedding but now it turns out maybe she didn't yes so as many recall at the royal wedding she was wearing an alexander mclean uh sort of little suit dress and everyone was like well first of all it was honestly and you know I continue just to be a total wench about the fashion of this wedding but um it was like a little boring of a choice because she had worn it twice before it was an elegant like a you know sort of a cream suit very simple and she'd worn it to her own daughter's christening and one other sort of parade event some Mm -hmm. sort of like very another different formal thing so she re- she recycled the dress, which we know she loves to do, but like even at the royal wedding. And so then it turns out maybe she didn't. Yeah, maybe she didn't. So people are saying, I'm going to just read from this L article, that uh, it says a closer inspection of the coat uh, showed that it had three buttons on its sleeve. <laughs> and the original version did not have any buttons. I love it so, so much. Like, did she add some buttons? And if so, why? Yeah. So again, why would you add buttons? Look at the dress, like look at the photos. Um, yeah, it, look look at the photos from the previous event, and then look at the photos from the wedding, and they look exactly the same. Like yeah. I'm, we're looking at them side by side, they look exactly the same. Yeah, I mean it's a very simple, yeah, like sort of coat suit dress thing. I don't even know what you call that kind of garment because it's so British. It has yeah. no place in my life. So it turns out the one she wore to the wedding was primrose yellow, whereas Yikes. the other one was cream color. I mean, really. They both look white. I thought both of them were white. So I did think she wore white to the wedding, yeah. and I was like, I guess that's what British people do. And I guess Tommy Muscatello could have told us. <laughs> Excuse me. That is primrose yellow. But he would say it in a British accent, which I won't even attempt here. I won't even attempt it. I'm only going to do it if we're doing Oliver, which is, Lisa, can I have some more? <laughs> which is not offensive for me to do. Oh, it's not cultural appropriation, unlike Tommy's. Um, but yes, so that was the scandalo uh, of this week was for Kate Middleton wearing a dress. Apparently, it was actually not the same dress. It had tiny little buttons on the sleeve. Yeah. But apparently she has commissioned the same dress from designers before. Like, not the same as in this one, but she's gotten variations of the same dress multiple times. And so it could be that she simply ordered multiple ones of this dress way back in the day. Or maybe 
she ordered it in a different size because she literally had a kid like less than a month beforehand which yeah. would make sense but i mean it is a coat so who knows and she's like so this excited. you just added buttons on the sleeve girl what yeah i mean if you're gonna recycle a dress recycle a dress that's awesome like whatever i recycle dresses all the time <laughs> like this often, dress is so old and i don't even remember what the last time i washed it i think i got this at an outlet mall <laughs> This, I think, was from Lomans, which doesn't even exist anymore. Like, so that's what we're talking about over here. Um, <laughs> like, Kate Middleton recycles dresses to show how cool and, like, modern and frugal she is. But in this case, it actually goes the opposite direction for me. Because I'm like, you have all the money in the world and you choose to spend it by buying the same dress in different shades of cream. Mm-hmm. It's offen- It's actually more offensive to me. I do have one dress in two colors, but that's just because it looks so good on me. <laughs> well, I think fashion magazines always love giving you that advice because they're trying to get you to buy things, which is when the kind of that I work for. Um, you, <laughs> they, they tell you when you find something that fits perfectly, get it in multiple colors. But I think that's true of like bras or shoes, like other sorts of basics that people aren't looking at all day, mm-hmm. not like three beige cream dresses from alexander mcqueen well speaking of recycling um so uh, kate middleton and prince william sent out a surprising picture for their uh wedding anniversary thank you cards because i assume a lot of our listeners did this people apparently like send in nice notes saying like happy anniversary and obviously their anniversary was april 29th yeah um i don't send them out but i strictly email so no i i swear i i I love this story because it's so funny but i so they sent out a wedding anniversary thank you card i didn't know that was a thing like on any level like either whether you're a normal human being or whether you're a royal i don't remember them doing it in previous years no they do anytime somebody reaches out to them they send the thank you note because i remember one of the many kate middleton fan instagram accounts that we follow um, when they were doing the New Zealand and Australia tour, the person I follow is from, I believe, New Zealand. Yes. And she wrote them a nice note, and then they sent her a thank you note. What am I doing? That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm sending them a note. Yeah. Like, you when, like when you write to the White House when you're five, mm-hmm. and then you get like a form letter in the mail. So like when you're 31, you write to <laughs> Kate Middleton, and that's great. But anyway, on the picture, it is not a new picture, and it's also like a surprisingly relatable picture until you remember that they're royals and they're on a royal tour. Yeah. But um, Kate's wearing like her climbing wellies and vest and he's wearing like, I can't really tell the color. Khakis or jeans or something. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a picture from their royal tour to Australia. Right? Um, no, it's uh from India. Oh, interesting. It's the 2016 tour of India. Okay. They're just, they're dressed so down that I assumed it was one of those like, you know, yeah. whenever they do international tours, um, they always do some sort of rough and tumble event. Their casual outfit. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that Kate Middleton is wearing like khakis, I think they're like Zara skinny khakis, but still. Um, so I think I, I tend to mush those together because they always look sort of the same. She looks like she's, again, to bring him up twice today, Crocodile Dundee in that outfit. <laughs> but so that's the picture they chose of them looking kind of like, yeah, rough and tumble. Yeah. And so it is. A picture that was taken by a photographer for The Sun, which is a British tabloid, and it was during a trek through the Himalayas to a monastery, and it was from 2016, and it was sent out to people. So please let us know at Royally Obsessed Podcast if you happen to get one of them, and if so, can you also send it to me, please? Yes, please. Um, I don't know the mailing address here, but I'm sure if you send us a DM, (laughs) somebody will get back to you. Yeah. 
<laughs> so before we adjourn the royal pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My high is, of course, um, royal grifter Tommy Muscatello, one of my own countrymen. <laughs> Can I say that my high is you saying Tommy Muscatello? <laughs> <laughs> it only gets better with all the martini in my face. Um, so yeah, those are that. Thank you, thank you for that. And my low is, of course, you know, honest is Trevor Engelson, but my specific low is this poor nutritionist who is already dating Meghan Markle's sloppy seconds and then gets proposed to within days of the royal wedding. It's honestly embarrassing. On some level, no one should propose for the rest of the year because stop. Like, no, like, we just... Actually, there's no more weddings. Like, sorry to our producer, but his wedding is canceled. <laughs> yeah, there's no more weddings like, this good year. Luck. Like, good luck, Matt. We, we've peaked. There, no one else should get married this year. No one else should get engaged. And certainly not Meghan Markle's most prominent ex. He should not propose just days after. Like, I, I'm... I'm not embarrassed before. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed for his fiance. I feel sad for her. Mm -hmm. So my low would be Trevor Engelson, but you already said that. Sorry. So now my low is just that I don't know where Megan is. (laughs) Like, where in the world is Megan Markle? Like, are they on their honeymoon? If so, is it Canada? And if so, do they want like the number of one of my relatives? Or are they like in Africa? Like, we're not going to know until after the fact if we even know. Which I'm. I actually think we'll find out because. They'll leave some sort of a paper trail. Yeah, I just, yeah, no, we don't know where they are. We assume they're on their honeymoon. That's fine. I'm good at be happy. Whatever. I'm really good at Instagram stalking, so I'm <laughs> sure I can find this out. Like, if anybody can find it out, it is me. Every listener who happens to be in Anguilla or Namibia, because I'm sure we have Alberta. Thousands, yeah, Alberta. Thousands of listeners in Namibia. My cousin is in Namibia right now. Can she keep her eyes peeled? He's a he. Well, I don't associate with men um <laughs> so that's fine can he keep his eyes peeled because we need to know where they are i'll ask okay good um so in the meantime you can follow us um follow the sh- sorry <laughs> uh until next week you can follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast or join our facebook group royally obsessed please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts you can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMens on Twitter and Instagram and see more of my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. You can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter, and you can read my writing at The Cut. And until next week, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.